0: Snowball. I'm cranking your volume just a little more.
1: Oh, I could move my mic to be closer than three feet from my face. That might help.
0: That makes more sense.
1: That does. That does. How about this? Is this better?
0: Oh my God! It's like you're here in the room. Woo! You know what it's. You know what it actually sounds like. It. That- a- it actually sounds like we're actually in an old brick mill building, with just the perfect amount of acoustic. Echo deadening tiles. But yet right and you're like on the other side of the table, but there's a like a giant Lexan sheet between the two of us, so we don't get mm-hmm. spittle on each other, so we don't infect each other <laughs> with each other's COVID. <laughs> oh man. Forced hiatus and the return of the Federal Chronicles radio show. August 16th, 2020. Jason Cousinot and I, our Corunder King Fisk, discussed the fallout of the Frazzle Drip Pizzagate episode that we recently aired. The dangers of the dark web, seeing how depraved some human animals can actually be, and how working on that specific episode has been life altering in negative ways. If there is any positive aspect of doing that episode, It's inspired us and motivated us to do more to help stop child abductions and trafficking. We also talk about why so many artists such as ourselves can't take compliments and how a series of health and technical issues kept the podcast offline for more than two weeks. The show is capped off with chit chat about the DNC's pick for VP and how Kamala Harris has a great chance of being the president of the United States within 30 hours after the inauguration if she and Biden actually win. And how political partisans on both sides of the political aisle here in the United States sound like delusional abused adult children of alcoholics when they have to defend their party's nominees no matter how insipid and demented those nominees actually are. The Fedora Chronicles is brought to you by our patrons on patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to new episodes of the Fedora Chronicles radio show with show notes, a peek behind the scenes, and more. Zazzle.com store slash Fedora Chronicles is where you can purchase t-shirts, coffee mugs, and more with our logo and slogans right on them. of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and our website on the air. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show with pop culture and current events through the perspective of classic film snobs and diesel punks with topics ranging from true crime, government conspiracies and cover-ups, and the paranormal. You can now listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Player FM, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Google Play on Android devices. If your favorite podcast service doesn't have the Fedora Chronicles radio show on it, let us know and we'll fix it right away. Once again, this is Jay Cousin and I, Eric Render Kingfisk. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. We are dedicating this show, this episode, to Renee and Jane Severin. Um, after they sent me this beautiful note and this beautiful card um, in memory of the late, great Jay Severin, who passed away, and it actually says here on the back of this card, July 7th, 2020. And we spoke about Jay Severin several times on this podcast. And I think that Jay Severin was one of the five best broadcast personalities in the history of radio broadcasting and he's super influential to me on many different levels
1: well i think he was actually named one of the greatest <clears throat> excuse me one of the greatest broadcasters by talk magazine
0: yeah um very contentious very controversial um and <laughs> he knew how to get people's goats. And which
1: was kind of his point, too. It's worth pointing out,
0: yeah
1: um, he did that was that was intentional and it was to draw the audience in and right. get them involved.
0: I don't know what to say about Jay Severin that we haven't already said, but the way that he made you think about social and political issues was is intense the right word he would actually make you think really 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 hard about what it is that you actually believe why do you believe what you believe in the realm of politics and um he was also a great pontificator and was brilliant at predicting what what's going to happen next in the realm of politics he had a knack of being able to tell you what was going to happen in the next election, whether it was the general presidential election or the midterm elections. And his analysis was brilliant. And if he was wrong, he would tell you, here's what, here's what I didn't see coming. Here's the factor that played into that. I didn't see coming. And he was brutally honest. He was, he was very full of himself. He was a little, I don't want to say he was arrogant, but he was very self assured yeah and he knew that he knew that he knew what he was talking about because of his experience in other political political campaigns right um and his political analysis during the i wonder was he was he on WTKK during the 2000 election
1: yes i believe he was
0: his political analysis was spot on during the 2000 election especially the 2004 and he laid it on the line and he told you here is exactly what has to happen for John Kerry to win the election become the next president here's all the things that George W. Bush has to do and not do to stay in office and here's how and he predicted how close it was going to be I'm not sure if he got the, the correct state because I think it was Ohio that was in play this time and not Florida. And he predicted how it, that it was going to be really super close and it was going to be a squeaker. And he also got you to think about social issues in a way that was profound.
1: He was actually my first exposure to libertarianism. Yes. I I actually, I remember I remember t- him describing himself on, not sure if it was his first podcast, his first broadcast on WTKK, but it was my first time hearing him. Right. And he described himself as a libertarian slash libertine.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: And I I had, I, had, knew what a libertine was, but I had to look up a libertarian because I'd never even heard the phrase before. I'd never think- heard of the word. Yep. And so I had to look it up. And that was when the internet was just beginning, and Wikipedia hadn't started yet. Right. So my looking up what libertarian was really meant a lot of different people's opinions on what a libertarian was. Right. And I was like, oh, so they're basically they're conservatives who's who have a valid reason for why they want to legalize pot. Right. You know, um, he was he was influential to me in expanding my my possible political views because right. up until I, up until I heard him, I had always thought of politics as being a binary kind of thought process. Exactly. You either left wing or right wing. And the concept of, cause there were some things about being a conservative, a political conservative that I just didn't necessarily agree with, but I was like, all right, well that's part of the movement. So, You know, it's kind of like, you know, being Catholic and not liking all of the things that the church does. But, you know, you're a Catholic. So, you know, and I I remember, I think he even said on one of his one of his shows, he said, the whole thing about pot is not, has nothing to do with drug and everything to do with whether I believe the government has a right to tell me what I can and cannot put into my own body. Exactly. And I was like, well, shit. Yeah. That was the first conversation, political conversation I'd ever heard where it actually caused me to really think about my viewpoint and my, Stance on a particular political point. Right. Yes, I love alliteration. So that takes something. I mean, you can talk about any of the political pontificators that are out there, but the truth of the matter is, Jay Severn was the only person who ever got me to look at a particular viewpoint and think, huh, well, I may be wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah, now I've had my mind changed on political talking points from individual conversations I've had, none of which on Facebook, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, right? Right. But you know, just that level of brutal, blunt honesty, and it—he it didn't take him a half hour of of you know bloviating in order for him to make his point. He just said the government doesn't have a right to tell me what I can and cannot put into my body, right. you know? And it just made sense to me. It really did. And that's when I started leaning Libertarian. And then as I got older, I'm, I've am i been moving more and more Libertarian direction. Yes. Yeah. Not left, but right. Libertarian, right. there's a difference. Right,
0: and I would be willing to venture. 99.9% of all the Libertarians in the Boston area, and, and surrounding surrounding demograph, geography, mm. surrounding the greater Boston area, um, expanding out as far as Ringe, New Hampshire, coincidentally. They are all libertarians because of Jay Severin. And listening to what Jay Severin has to say about the libertarian movement, if you were listening to talk radio in the time and the span that he was on the air and he had this amazing way to make you stop and think about a controversial topic that you don't agree with like the issue on abortion and we're not going to we're not going to touch the third rail of abortion but he had a way of making you stop and think about if you're a conservative here's what here's what you should be thinking about on the the issue of abortion and it's it is no different than if you wanted to get like, let's say a tattoo or you wanted to get a piercing or if you wanted to grow a third limb or something ridiculous like that, who are you to say to somebody else what you can and cannot do inside or outside of your own body? Yeah. I, I may not like it. I may not like what.
1: Well, I mean, it's just like, yeah, because, and that was, he had a way of phrasing things that, just made you look at your own viewpoint right in a different way
0: imagine for a second if one of carol's fellow co-workers went around and started a poll and then came up to me and says eric we've all voted and we've all decided that you should paint your office evergreen we don't like blue we don't like Red, it should be painted evergreen we've all decided so you're going to have to paint your office evergreen oh and by the way we've also taken a second poll and you're never allowed to wear a fedora ever again how would that make me feel right that's exact and that's kind of like that's how how he approached the issue of abortion and other yeah. issues at marijuana um can't the entire drug issue um am um what's that that um absinthe like 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 does the does the government have the right to tell you that it's okay or not okay to drink to drink absinthe i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it right or any other alcohol like and and if you had a like a horrible cancer or a horrible disease and you were in agony and you woke up every morning in agony and you had to take these these horrible pills just to be able to function, and you couldn't exist anymore. And you want to just end your suffering. Does the government or religion have the right to tell you no? You don't have the right to take your own life. We don't care how, how badly you're suffering. If you have, if you are, if you are so far gone, and you are whether or not you're depressed or you're ill or whatever. If you want to fight to stay alive, that's your decision as well. But if if you're if you feel as if your time has come and you're living in agony, you should have the right to decide how, if and when to take your own life. And that's right. that's controversial. I mean for the Boston That's
1: extremely controversial. for the Boston yeah.
0: for the Boston area, which is the, one of the epicenters of Catholicism in the north it used to
1: be. Or used yeah. to be. And it was was at the time he was saying this too but
0: that was that was huge wait a minute you should have the right to take your own life if you're sick and dying well yeah and he i we and we could do an entire hour on what jay severin meant to conservatives and libertarians in the boston area and he was a just a profound controversial voice and here's the thing he said things that made me mad sometimes he oh, said yeah. he said things he said things that i okay i'm i'm never going to listen to jay severin again he this time he crossed the line i'm never going to and then wouldn't you know it the next day i just instinctively just turn on the radio to hear what jay severin has to say and then he would win me over <laughs> with a monologue (laughs) (laughs) the opening monologue to his show and um i would have to say that the top five for me most influential commentators or writers because jay Sermon also wrote like these great articles um, yeah. And he, he would he would be writing at, at this one publication and then he would cheese somebody off and he'd have to move over. But as like for me, the top five most influential commentators or broadcasters, um, Harlan Ellison, Art Bell, yep. Anthony Bourdain, Dennis Miller, and Jay Severin. Yeah. Those are the, the, the five people who inspired me. To do what it is that I do, and do it my own way,
1: right. And that that last part is really important because it's easy to just do or try and do what someone else does. But right. It's not going to work. Right. You have to do things in a way that is appropriate for you. Right. You know, um, like I remember, <laughs> I remember the when you told me. Hey, I was thinking of doing a a, a podcast about the paranormal. Yep. And I was like, cool, that's yeah. awesome. Yep. I didn't ask you, you know, are you going to be like Art Bell? I didn't ask you any of that because, frankly, it didn't matter. Right. You were doing something that I knew you had an interest in. You and I had talked about this numerous times. So it was like, that's awesome. You yeah. can go for it. Absolutely. How can I listen to it? <laughs> you say, well, here you go. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you, you know,
0: you will find the link to it on the Fedora dot com. And um I had a great time. I loved almost every minute of doing the metaphysical connection with Walsh novel. But when it was it when it was time to end it, it was time to end it. And I wish we had ended it on um a a better note. I and yeah. um And if I could, if I could change a couple of things with the way that I did the show with Walt, I automatically right off the bat definitely would have insisted that we have the setup that we have now. We're we're recording right now, Jay, without the use of a computer, right? We're, we're recording right now with Skype on, um, on, on the cell phone, um, the Tascam audio recorder. The PV mixing board, um, my high-end sure microphone, and we we should have had this set up ages ago. Um, I don't want to get off on track here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something right now. I I am going to miss Jay Severin like you will not believe. I am going back, yeah. and I am listening to his because after he left the Blaze, he I think he took a year or two off. And you can find Jay Severin's podcast wherever you get podcasts. We're actually going to have a link to this. Um, by the way, the episode, the name of this episode is Forced Hiatus for August 15th. Is it 15th, 2020? Just do a just do a search for Invasion of the Giant Pod Pundit with Jay Severin. And I think that he's got I I'm not sure if it's around a hundred or 200 episodes. Um, I love listening to some of the old episodes of his podcast that are over a year or so old. Um, it's even, it's even a little better than his WTKK show because he didn't have to break for commercials. <laughs> he could just keep going,
1: but well, he also didn't have the people in the recording booth freaking out over stuff that he said, right? Know? Because the thing that people have to remember, he was a libertarian broadcaster in a staunchly left environment. The first I remember the first person that called in, he started the, the caller started talking and he worked himself up into such a bother, such yeah. a lather yeah. that they ended up having to cut the mic on him. And Jay Severin said, "Look, I am not going to say things that you are necessarily going to agree with. I'm not going to say necessarily going to disagree with. But this is broadcasting, so you have to watch your language."
0: Yep. But I don't think that I don't think Jay Severin used a four-letter word.
1: I never heard him use a foul word. I've never heard what heard one come out of his mouth
0: no especially on his own podcast where he could have just just blasted people with, I mean, with what
1: the fuck we do it all the damn time we
0: do but but he never did it on his own podcast that i know of um and i think that um he maintained the same standards on his podcast um on his that he had on his, his radio show. Also, I, you know, and I want to end this before we move on to our other topics. Nobody, nobody, nobody loved his audience more than Jay Severin. Nobody loved his... Art Bell didn't love his audience the way Jay Severin did. Howie Carr on AM Talk Radio didn't love him his audience the way Jay Severn did no other broadcast that I can think of had a deep affection for his audience the way Jay Severn did whenever I was on his show when I called in Eric from New Hampshire he knew Eric from New Hampshire and he always made me feel like I was the most important guest on his show and when he was on the blaze I must've been on his show for a good 10 minutes because nobody else had been calling in because nobody knew where to find him yet. Um, he made you feel as if you were the most important guest on his show ever. And he has a following that is phenomenal. And, and the outpouring of love on his Facebook group when we heard about his passing, um, was was sad and uplifting at the same time. And I don't think that there's ever going to be another broadcaster quite like Jay Severin. Um, and he's missed. Yeah. And my heart goes out to um, uh, Renee and Jane. Yes. All right. So moving on. Uh, where the hell was Eric and Jay for the past two weeks? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Speaking of comedy of errors.
0: Oh, my God. Where do you want to start? Let's start. Okay. Let's start at the beginning of July. And if you are listening to this episode, you may have already heard the episode that we did on Pizzagate. Um, and the title of that episode is um, Frazzledrip, Pizzagate, and the Podesta Brothers Art Collection. And this all started with one of our listeners asking us if we were going to dig deeper into the Jeffrey Epstein, Jasleen Maxwell pedophile Island story and look at Pizzagate, look at Pizzagate. And here's a couple of things that you need to look into and keeping in mind that I had um, been given some medication by my doctor um, to help with my, uh, sciatica. Um, and, and and this is before I don't have
1: that excuse. I was just drinking heavily. Right. Continue.
0: Um, I had yet to be diagnosed with, um, uh, a bulging disc, um, L five S one. And I was in severe pain. And these pills really took the edge off it, it. actually made me feel like I was cured, but the side effect was it would either make you very drowsy, or it would keep you wide awake. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? When this one did, <laughs> and I went, I went down this rabbit hole into looking at the two aspects of PizzaGate.
1: So- so, wait a minute, you were looking into Pizzagate while hopped up on painkillers. Right. Oh, boy. That okay. explains the conversations we had.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I am following all of these links and looking at all of these. And,
1: by the way, sending me texts, too. Oh, What I, the oh, hell?
0: What the hell? And I would send you the link. Now, I'm convinced of one or two things. There is indeed a, I don't want to say it's a pedophile ring, but a child sex trafficking cult or business in the Washington, D.C., New York City Corridor. Somewhere, somewhere, and we talked about this for it's in the episode is like an hour because I trimmed a lot of fat off of this episode that uh, went online Friday, uh, late Friday morning, um, on the Fedora Chronicles Network, and it was a difficult episode to put together. It was there's many aspects of it that was very difficult to do, and the worst part about this is, is that. You you reach a point where, okay, things are sort of getting repetitive. And one of the commentators had said on another website and video, said, there's so much stuff on the dark web that is more convincing that you can find using the plain old vanilla web. You need, this is where things get really dark, Jay.
1: I also want to caution people from thinking that they can just go on the dark web and get whatever they want without consequences.
0: There are serious consequences.
1: There's aside from any possible legal consequences, which there may or may not be any, depending on what it is you're looking for. People that are on the dark web don't want plebs like us, normal people on the dark web. Right. So, if you go trawling and try to find the dark web and you stumble into it, it is very possible. It's kind of like wandering into the bad part of town and then realizing you're in like MS-13 territory and you're a young, pretty single white girl. Or it's just not a good idea to wander around. Right. There. Or, or,
0: or a pretty singular white male. Um...
1: Yeah, I think a, I think a single white female is going to be more have more possible jeopardy. It's like from it. it's
0: it's it's like it's like the backwaters river in Deliverance of internet.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, if you're trolling around on the internet, and then in the back of the mind, you hear a banjo, da 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 it is time to leave. It is time to go.
0: Um, there. Oh Jesus, how do I even say this without? A, being too melodramatic, and B, not repeat what I had said in the earlier episode. Following the links that were provided to me made me download the Tor browser and start looking in the dark web, following the breadcrumbs, doing a search of Frazzledrip. It is dark, evil stuff it is really dark and really evil and it's horrible it is and it's life changing to the point where one of the reasons why i decided to use facebook to uh, to um ask people to donate to operation underground railroad is in part because of the work that we do here on the Federal Chronicles radio show, the true crime episodes that we do. It's also because of the things that I saw on the dark web. It is the kind of evil that you normal people could not possibly imagine.
1: It's almost, satanic. it's like movie evil, but not quite comic book evil. There's no one there that wants to rule the world. Right. But there is definite, People do things to each other and to to children that you like to think is not.
0: Yeah. I saw evidence of things that made me look at other people differently. Um, Yeah. So, and I was buttoning this up. I had provided the links to most of the things that I found. Here's articles that I want you to read, and I want you to make up your own mind what you think of this controversy. Um, And I I also want to say this is not a partisan thing. This is not a Republican versus Democrat thing. This is a good versus evil thing, where there is good and evil in the Republican Party, and there's good and evil in the Democratic Party almost as if there are four different political parties within Washington, D.C., the good and evil Republicans and versus the good and evil Democrats. There's evil out there, especially in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, and we also talked a little bit about the Podesta brothers. And I'm convinced that John Podesta's brother is genuinely evil, genuinely evil. In a way that would make Darth Vader say, "Dude, that's sick." I honestly believe that John and Tony Podesta are two of the most evil people who have ever worked in Washington, D.C. So, um, last week we had the remnants of a hurricane blow through Ringe, New Hampshire, and it was it was all over the news, uh, the Northeast. And we lost power and we lost the Internet, obviously, because when tree limbs come down,
1: <laughs> cables, <laughs> they're not very discriminating in what they're cutting out, right? They cut everything.
0: Um, so we lost power for about a day or uh, you know, like a 24 hour period. Um, and we lost the Internet for about a, a day and a half. It's the reason why we couldn't record two weeks ago. And the thing is, I had power, but I had no internet. And I was able to finish editing the audio for Frazzledrip. And I had everything all buttoned up. I needed to write the intro to this episode. And I was operating. I was, And by the way, I was doing terrific work without the internet being up. I was not distracted by anything. It's done. It's ready to go. All I have to do is just create the banner for the individual episode... And be on my way record the intro put it out on the server and get on with the rest of my life my computer was running fine there was nothing wrong with my computer at all by the way this is a brand new desktop computer that is only it's not even three months old jay okay yep the internet comes back on i didn't do a lot of browsing I think I posted on Facebook and Twitter, "Hey, the internet is back up. I'll be able to finish publishing these episodes because I have two episodes of true crime one-on-one that's ready to go." And I had this news of the this special news of the week episode with you on Frazzle Rip and getting ready to do a uh, an interview with an author about a UFO book, getting ready to do that. And I had this strange message on my screen, Windows needed to um, do a diagnosis of the system hardware, please stand by. And it was locked up and it was frozen. And I couldn't the mouse wouldn't move, nothing would move at all. And I thought this is this is fu- this is messed up and it kept and then it kept doing this loop has to do a diagnosis, has to do a diagnosis, has to do a diagnosis. And it kept turning off, doing the diagnosis, and then it'd come back on, have to do the diagnosis, and it was this cycle. And I thought, this is this is weird, this is unusual. And keeping in, keeping in mind that I also like transferred all of my data from the laptop onto an external hard drive, and then back onto the new computer. And because I wanted Harrison to have a fresh start, I. Um. Um. I did a factory reset on his laptop. It's his laptop now.
1: So when I had just so it, uh, yeah. just so people who don't understand what that means, a factory reset is when you set the operating system back to its default factory settings.
0: Right. As if you just pulled it right out of the box. Exactly. And so I could not get the computer the new Dell computer to get back up and running. It kept doing this this the diagnosis loop. And so around 5:30 I finally decided to call Dell. I called Dell tech support and um I was online between 5:30 to 11:30 trying to figure out what was wrong with this computer and we kept downloading new drivers, we reinstall, we tried to reinstall the operating system. Basically, the SSD card was corrupted or broken or whatever. And it was just like, this is kind of a little unheard of. This is, now, now keeping, keeping in mind that they've also had some problems within the past couple of months with some of their hardware that they shipped out. Admittedly so. Yeah. The guy that I talked to said that it shouldn't be this model. Because um, this was this this particular model was built after they had these rash of problems. Should it, None of the hardware should be affected by the problems that they had earlier this year. Um, and I was in at around 1130. He wanted to do like the same thing all over again, starting from scratch. And I have to go to work the next morning and work a 12-hour shift. Yeah. So that was so Friday, Saturday, Sunday no computer well with thursday night my wife had you know because my wife bought the special service package she said i want a tech here the next day like what we bought and paid for i want it i want somebody here like the the contract says because if you do not have somebody here it's breach of contract and i will sue your asses and i will plaster all over LinkedIn, how you guys have fucked us over! We need a tech over here pronto, and w- wouldn't you know it? Next business day, because Friday didn't count because Friday was, you know, by the Holiday time, or something, yeah. Because because well, Friday because the thing is we didn't get off the phone until like almost twelve o'clock, so oh, okay. next business day is technically Monday because you know Friday, so yeah, next business okay. day. So the thing is, technically, we were in Friday. The next business day would be Monday. Wouldn't you know it, there was a part waiting for me at the the FedEx station outside of Worcester. I had the day off, drove down, got the part. The tech guy came over, installed it. Um, Brand new SSD pre-imaged with the operating system. I plugged it back in. Within two hours, I had everything reinstalled and ready to go. No problems whatsoever. We lost none of the data on, mm-hmm. on, on the D drive. Speaking, talking to the tech, he was like, this is really weird. Obviously, the, something happened to ruin the SSD card. Could it have been the power outage? Probably not because you were able to run the computer for 24 hours with no problems whatsoever. As soon as the internet comes back on, you do an update, that that could possibly it. That's probably it. Could something have happened when I was on the dark web and looking for evidence of Pizzagate being real, as it were? Absolutely. I can't get that out of my head as being a possibility.
1: Oh, absolutely. We were pu- there's definitely a possibility of that.
0: We're publishing a story about frazzledrip. Yeah, we have a we have a web page of.
1: Now, just just one point of clarification. Sure. We're not saying that Hillary Clinton came in, you know, evil Hillary claimant came in and hacked your hard drive and blew it up. No, because no, that's not, not what we're saying. No, what we're, we're saying not. is that don't fuck around on the dark web.
0: No, stay the fuck off the dark web.
1: Yep. Because, see, an SSD or a solid state drive is not a hard drive the way we traditionally think of them. A hard drive the way we traditionally think of them has platters in it. Usually there's five to seven platters, depending on the size of the hard drive and manufacturer. They have write disk. It's a lot like a higher tech version of an LP for those of us that are old enough to remember vinyl records. Right. Okay. It's the exact same methodology, except it's imprinted magnetically on either side, and you don't have a needle; you have a read-write head. Right, and they're double-sided discs. Okay, lately, um, Seagate and Western Digital have been experimenting what they call shingling, which is like the um, the data that's on the drive is actually layered like shingles on a roof. Right. Okay, that they can do amazing things with it. An SSD is more like the RAM in your computer. It's all what are called integrated circuit or IC chips. There's no physical thing that is moving. There's no mechanical things in there. It's all electronic. That's why it's so fast. It's impossible for a code to cause hardware to fail. But the thing about an IC chip, anytime you have a... a, printed circuit board with a bunch of integrated circuit chips, IC chips on them. They have what's called an EEPROM. An EEPROM, I'm forgetting what the exactly what the acronym stands for because there's way too many acronyms in the computer world. But basically, it has what's called firmware on it. Mm-hmm. So what is possible is that they downloaded, subtly downloaded while you were surfing, a firmware update that waited until your computer went into sleep mode before it, quote-unquote, spun down the hard drives, and that's when it executed, and it updated the firmware on your computer. It may have even done a restart of your computer in order to do that, and then that's what caused the hard drive to fail. Right Now, to be honest with you, the people who do things like this they don't really care when it happens they really don't give a shit as long as it happens because that's your price for doing business on the dark web
0: it's pretty dark stuff yeah it is and it and this is this is on top of the x-rays the mris physical therapy
1: all of the other life stuff that was going on
0: I had to go in for a second MRI because they saw something between my liver and kidney that they wanted to take a closer look at and make sure it's not cancer.
1: Yeah, that was a, that was a fun text message, by the way. Thank right. you for that. Oh, you're
0: welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and it really made me reevaluate my life. And it really made me reevaluate my marriage. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it's not a matter of whether or not I want to remain married to my wife. It's how I want to remain married to my wife. Because on the one hand, I really love her like crazy. And yet on the other hand, she really deserves better. And there was a moment when we were having a serious conversation where I thought I would do absolutely anything to make her happier because she's not happy. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that came out of all of this is that my physical therapist had when, you know, looking at how I'm, I'm just carrying around all of this stress. And I'm carrying, and and, and there are parts of, I'm in constant fight or flight mode because of post-traumatic stress disorder from periods of my upbringing. And basically what one of my physical therapists had said, because I am so tense and because I'm constant and I'm a constant state or fight or flight, I'm probably going to die of a massive coronary before I'm 60. And I have to get rid of a lot of stress and not stress out about stupid shit. And trust me, 99.9% of all of it is stupid shit. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really made me reevaluate everything that I do and the level of care that I put into stuff. I call it care. You might call it neurotic syndrome. Um a lot of my neurotic behavior just has to go. And the way that I do the podcast has to change. And the Mm -hmm. way that I do everything has to change. And if you don't like it, tough shit. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. Here's the thing. I only care if you like the podcast, if you are a regular subscriber and we have a level of quality work that we're allowing to slip. If you're a fan of the show, and you say, hey, Eric, there are aspects of the show that I used to like, get back to that, like talking about the paranormal and stuff. Um, But it's like if you're like one of those idiots who seem to think, you know, Eric, you need to do a podcast on baseball. I don't know shit about baseball. Your your average four-year-old knows more about baseball than I do and football and hockey and all of these. That's not my thing. That's not my bag. It's somebody else's bag and i'm not going to listen to people who tell me eric don't do an don't do that topic don't do that topic don't do this topic don't talk about this eric don't talk about that no i'm going to do it i'm just but here's the thing i'm not going to care about it and worry about it and get neurotic about it the way that i used to because it's not worth it yeah. and and seriously and is one podcast going to change the world And oh my God, Eric is going to fix politics. Eric's not going to do shit. Eric is going to talk about it in in an entertaining way that should make you laugh and make you think and you can get on with the rest of your life. Eric is not going to save the world with this podcast. Eric is just going to entertain you for about an hour and a half every week, throwing a bonus episode with author interviews and, and interviews with people in the true crime field and then get on with other stuff. Whatever, just enjoying my life, and and on top—that's okay.
1: By the way, yeah. that is a good thing.
0: And that, yeah, yeah. And Joe Rogan did an interview, and I'm trying to find the name of this person that he interviewed. He, um, uh, an author, a fellow podcaster, and uh, an artist. And it was about two and a half hours where the guy had told a variation of my story, talking about how. It's nothing is ever good enough if you have if you have an intense upbringing and you wonder, why don't my parents love me more? Why was I allowed to be abused and neglected? Why, 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 why? You have that attitude. How come this happened? How come that happened? Success is never good enough. And he's always striving for more, always striving for better always wants what's next on the next he cannot enjoy the moment where he gets accolades and kudos he's always fine if somebody says wow you do a really great episode and he says, eh, no it really isn't that good i wanted to do this that can't take a compliment who does that sound like <laughs> and the guy told yeah
1: yeah it sounds just like you yeah this
0: guy told my story a different version of my story and i says mike and this is on top of Me, with tears running down my face, driving to the MRI facility to get the spot on my back. And it scared the shit out of me when they said, Eric, can you just stay still just for five or 10 more minutes? We saw something else we want to take a look at, okay? That scared the hell out of me. Got the call from my doctor. Look, they're just cysts. They're going to look at it in six months. It's probably nothing go on with the rest of your life and by the way maybe you should cut down on drinking See, so
1: much now what now i now i have this mental image of you driving down the highway listening to the joe rogan podcast going fuck you joe you asshole what is wrong with you you're supposed to be a comedian you fuck
0: <laughs> that sounds exactly just like me you were you
1: <laughs>
0: and you and i had talked you and I had talked after I had my second MRI. And the, the thing is, is, it was just like, I was angry and I'm 51 years old and there are things in my life that I have not done yet. There are things in my life that I have not been able to do with Carol because life and work and raising kids have gotten in the way. There are places in the world that I've not been able to go to. And, and one of the things that came out of this episode of the Joe Rogan show with this, with this interview is that I feel angry and inadequate all the time for reasons I don't know. I feel angry and inadequate for no good reason. By God, I'm going to find one. And then that's what I do. And I am yeah. I am I am fixated on the way people miss Yeah, go ahead.
1: For any of you that are listening, that are thinking, "Wow, that sounds familiar. I know someone like that." You need to get them help. Yeah, this is this is. Uh, I don't know what the the term is for it, but it is not healthy. No, this is a. It, it's. I mean, we're. I'm kind of making light of it because I'm not worried anymore. But when Eric called me and said, "Hey, they want me to go in for an MRI," I'm like, why? He's like, you know, there's this thing that they found that they want to investigate. My uncle recently died of, uh, of a stroke. He had a a massive coronary stroke and and passed on. So that's what I'm thinking. Oh shit. Yeah. The hell. Oh yeah. Fuck you life. Yeah. Um, but there's, this is why we have doctors who know as much as they do so they can find out what's going on, and then treat it. And just because they're checking into something doesn't mean they're going to find something horrible. Right. So there's anxiety in there and all that other kind of stuff. And if you know someone who is behaving the way Eric is talking about, I mean, I happen to know Eric's doing everything he can to take care of himself because Carol would kill him otherwise. Yep. But you need to ensure that they're doing what they can to take care of themselves. Right. Right.
0: Um and it was it was in it was absolutely totally intense and the thing is is that listen if I only have and here's what here was my thought process if I only have a couple of years to live how am I going to live them better and remove the stress out of my life and 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 here's the other thing put carol number 1 in my life Not the podcast, not my job, not the Koi Ponds. How do I put Carol first in my life? And I've been going back and I've been re-examining my life, listening to the music that I kind of listened to back in 97, really trying to like really dig and hunker down and look at the kind of person that I used to be before I became a neurotic stress puppy. And... Looking at a that's lot. that's not an easy thing to do, man. It's tough, man. It's hard. It's really hard to re examine your life and say, This is what I've done wrong, and this is what I have to do right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, most people do not want to think about the things that they may have done wrong. They just want to, you know, blame someone else. It's the Democrats, it's the right. Republicans, it's whatever. No one, they don't. No one really honestly wants to take that good, hard, long look at what they've done and how they've lived their, their lives Yeah. and the impact that it's had, especially negative on the people around. Right. Them. So, I mean, dude, that's a hard thing. Kudos to you well, on that. Well,
0: well, well thank you. very. I'm also re-listening to some really great music again, you know. <laughs>
1: I I
0: forgot how how good it feels to just listen to classical music, and not having to listen to other people's podcasts and, and analyze what did they do right and what did they do wrong and do I agree with this and do it oh, 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 you know and not and like look I'm going to listen to other people's podcasts like a perfect example Ariel Cooksey does two great episodes or two great podcasts. Um, malice and podcast on the pod whatever ariel cooksey does listen to she's terrific she's phenomenal eric carter landine of true consequence listen to his podcast his true crime podcast out of new mexico great podcast there are so many others that are great just listen to them just for pure enjoyment and and i'll and i'll but i'll leave it at that and I got to the point where I'm not going to save the world. And the world doesn't want me to save it. Right. All, all I can do is make an entertaining podcast and go on with the rest of my life and just enjoy the time that I have left. I may have only two years. I may have 30 or 40 years. But I'm not going to stress out about Kamala Harris being Joe Biden's running mate. And this is this is the segue, folks to the final topic um i was so wasn't
1: it just a few weeks ago when she was saying that he was a senile old bastard that they need to just fucking put out the pasture
0: didn't she also say that she believed his accusers yeah Now here's the thing the fedora chronicles radio show and news of the week with jason cousin is not going to try and convince you to vote for trump or convince you to vote for Biden. Or, listen, we did a great interview with Joe Jorgensen. Listen to her and make up your own mind. My mind is already made up. And I've been saying this time and time again. These presidents, every president since JFK, afterwards, LBJ onwards, they are mere figureheads for the deep state. Military industrial complex cabal. They are merely. Okay,
1: so hold on. You're saying the word cabal. The truth is, it's just a bunch of fucking unelected bureaucrats who are just trying to keep their own jobs. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm
0: not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue yeah. with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, we do talk about and entertain a lot of. Uh, conspiracy theories, Yeah, I just want to make sure people understand that when we're talking about the deep state, because this is something you and I both believe in, the deep state does exist. Right. We just don't necessarily think it's a bunch of people who are, you know, sitting there twirling their mustaches and cackling at 9 a.m. in the morning going, how are we going to ruin people's lives today? And yes, nine o'clock in the morning, because that's when these evil bastards get up. They don't get up any earlier than that. It's sure. just too much like we Sure. So, um yeah. No, and the and the thing is, um, whatever. I derailed your train of thought, didn't I? No,
0: no, you didn't, because the thing is, is that I picked up my my book, my my, um, my device that I have, my Audible, mm-hmm. and I am scrolling through, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. It would be just easier scrolling, if I just scrolling, scrolling.
1: It, keep those fingers scrolling. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Um, it would just be uh better if I just. Um if I just Yeah. Uh The Deep State by Mike Lofgren is a great book that you should read about the deep state and what the deep state really is. And it's the it's the perpetual bureaucracy that operates within the beltway of Washington DC to make sure that they get what they want um from senators, congressmen, the president, the judicial branch that benefits them it's not like the secret illuminati that hides out in you know the underground bunker on jekyll island um that was the birth that's a totally different thing that's a totally different thing that's that that that's the federal reserve that's for a different episode (laughs) um it doesn't i'm i'm saying and i'm convinced of this now whatever is going to happen is going to happen whatever the deep state wants whatever the military industrial complex wants they're going to get and it doesn't matter if it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump who's in the White House. Now, it's, it's really, all it is, it's a speeding car driving towards a concrete wall. Now, is it going to hit the concrete wall doing 90 miles an hour? Or is it going to hit the concrete wall doing 120 miles an hour? It doesn't matter. It's still going to hit the concrete wall. And whether or not you elect a Democrat or Republican in November two thousand twenty, it really doesn't matter because they're going to get what they want, and this is all political theater. And I'm sorry for popping my pee. Um,
1: they're going to they're going to get. <laughs> all right, that's it. hold on. <laughs> he didn't just pee his pants, people. No, when when you it get- is a recording term. <laughs> right.
0: When you get too close and you say the word. Like, that's what happens. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing, I can't, I honestly, I can't get upset. I can't, I can't, get, Joe Biden is the, is the Democrats' party nominee. I think the process was rigged. I can't find a single person who will admit to me that they voted for Joe Biden in the primary. I can't find a single person.
1: Yeah. All the not people, only will they not admit that they voted for him in the primary, but I can't find a single person. And I know a lot of Democrats. I can't find a single person who thinks he's a good candidate. I the people that I
0: respect the most are the people who come out and they admit, I know Joe Biden has problems. I know Joe Biden is not a good guy. I know Joe Biden is a plagiarist. I know that he's a liar. I know that Joe Biden is a little bit too handsy, touchy feely. Yeah. I know that he's I know he sucks donkey balls. But I'm going to vote for him anyway because I dislike Donald Trump more. Those people I respect, the people right, because who, they're being honest. The people that I respect are the people who admit that they they're voting for Joe Biden because they dislike him less than Donald Trump. Those people I respect. Those people are our people. Those are that's those are our people. The yeah. people who I don't respect. Are the people who are like, oh my goodness, Joe Biden is the greatest in the world. i waited all of my life to vote for him. He's so dreamy. He's the perfect guy. It's like as if Gia, the spirit of the planet, had chosen this moment for Joe Biden to be the president. Oh!
1: I don't trust them because they won't share their drugs with me. I, I, I think that you...
0: I, I think that you are delusional if you think that somehow Joe Biden is the perfect man for this job. And there's something wrong with you. If you cannot look at him and see how he cannot finish a sentence. And he says things that are a little on the racist side. Like when he was being interviewed by that, the black commentator and I'm not, And I'm saying this, I'm saying that he's a black commentator because this plays into it. When he was talking to the black commentator and the black and the and the and the the interviewer had said, have you taken a competency test to make sure that you are not suffering from early onset dementia? And Joe Biden's like, come on, man come on man do you have to do a drug test every time before you get on the air to make sure that you're not smoking crack man and it Jeez. was he turned into like your stereotypical uncle george who is saying like you know what obama was a was was he's he's one of the good blacks he's because he uh you know because he he's able to articulate he's 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 a he's a colored who's been educated, and yeah. he and he washes his ass at least twice a month.
1: And you listen to people like that, and there's just a part of you inside that causes your eye to twitch, right? Because you're like,
0: <t involvement> no. Sort of like my great aunt Flo, my grandmother's sister Florence, had said over dinner, "It's okay if the blacks have abortion." because we don't need so many of them working in the fields anymore oh my god okay and i literally heard the record scratch you know it's like in those cartoons yeah. where it's like i literally <laughs> I, I had an audible hallucination
1: <laughs> and then it's all silent for a second and you hear someone drop their fork on the plate tink.
0: and, and i'm like she actually said that during lunch and i'm like i'm, I'm astounded and it was like, we don't need as many blacks anymore because we don't need them working in the fields. So and I'm like, holy shit. Oh, my God. Did, it's like, did, 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 did you
1: just say what I think you said? And, did I hear that right?
0: And she kind of had this like look on her face like, yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it.
1: <laughs> you know, there's something that I admire about people who have reached a certain age where they just don't give a fuck they don't care what anyone thinks anymore they're like i said it what are you gonna do i'm old come on bring it what are you gonna do so he says i'll admit there's a little bit of jealousy for me in there because i wish i could say shit like that and get away with it but you you say
0: you say you say exactly what's on your mind on this podcast and you don't care (laughs) don't lie Um, all right that's true (laughs) But my aunt Flo was a little bit on the racist side, and I think my grandmother may have also been. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. But I think maybe she also had a little racism. And there, there are, there are times when, you know, people. I love how we're we're
1: talking about it like genetic defect. Had a little bit. It wasn't quite, you know, KKK levels. More like affirmative action levels of racism. Right. You know what I mean? It's like. The difference between full blown autism and Asperger's, right?
0: And there are things that Joe Biden says that it was just like if it wasn't for the fact that that Democrats are so desperate to get rid of Trump, it would have sunk his career already. There's and and I look at Joe Biden being the party nominee, and I'm saying there's no way that this isn't rigged. There's no way. See now,
1: and this is well, this is the thing that really kind of gets me right we know joe biden didn't make the decision of who his vp was going to be oh we know that i know he's having a hard enough time making sure he's staying continent when he's having an interview when i say continent i mean he's not shitting in his shorts right so i mean he didn't make that decision that was the decision that was made for him and he's just doing what he always has done in his political life which is follow the orders of the people that actually do have coherent thought right and I honestly wonder about the wisdom of that decision. Wasn't she one of the first of the Democrat field to to drop out? She dropped out because Tulsi
0: Gabbard stole her lunch and ate it right in front of her on the debate stage. Tulsi Gabbard yeah. took her out when talking just about- Just
1: eviscerated
0: her. Just, I mean, just disemboweled her right there on the debate stage. And Tulsi Gabbard had- actually brought up Kamala Harris's record and said, because of your policies as attorney general of your state, more people of color were sent to prison for minor offenses like marijuana possession. And Kamala Harris is like, "Ha! yeah, I did do that, didn't I?
1: <laughs> and it yeah. was just like. So, so trade. the Democrats are trading in one gaffe machine for another.
0: You get two gaff machines for the price of one.
1: <laughs> what a bargain.
0: Oh, my goodness. And and if you call right now, we'll double your order and send along this beautiful collection of steak knives.
1: <laughs> it's, it's just so, I mean, it's I mean, we talk about political theater. Right. Political this theater is... used to be a drama. It's not turning into a fucking comedy.
0: Oh, oh, my God. It was like this is there's a great British TV show starring Peter Capaldi. I I think that it's called In the Thick of It. And they and they and then they, they they did a movie with the same characters. It's like it's sort of like Star Trek the Next Generation. No, it's like Star Trek the Motion Picture of this TV show. Um it's it's brilliant and it's amazing that the same guy who played the doctor on Doctor Who for the past couple of seasons is the same guy who played this, just this brutal political advisor who just eviscerates people and just say, you really are quite the twat, aren't you? And it was just like, just this just brutally, brutally funny. And um, what we're seeing now is a live action political theater. You you can't make this up. You You, you really can't. You can't. And it was just like, and I know, I know that I sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist when I say, this is rigged, Jay. The primary was rigged. But here, I
1: I have the evidence to prove it. Just see. Now, hold on, because this is this is something that, you know, when I when I think about it too much, my head actually fucking hurts is if you were to tell, I mean, at the same time, I'm questioning the wisdom of whoever decided to make Kamala Harris Joe Biden's running mate. There's also a part of me that's wonder that's honestly wondering, is that because they went to a bunch of people and they all said, no, I'm not going to be his running mate. Are you fucking kidding me? You know, I mean, there's there is that part of me that is wondering about that because Joe Biden, as we've already noted, is handsy. People know. That he's handsy. Whether or not they want to admit it to anyone outside of themselves, we all know Joe Biden is handsy. And if you yeah. were told, hey, you're going to be dealing this with this guy in close quarters over the course of the next, hopefully, eight years, were there anyone that they spoke with that were like, uh, yeah, I'm going to pass on that? I just... Rather not, you know, get groped every fucking day when I'm sitting in office. Just, you know, call me. Call, me, know, crazy. call the, me
0: crazy. By the way, by the way, you you yeah. hear dogs barking in the background because the male lady is and this is related to the Fedora Chronicles radio show. The dogs are barking in the background because the the male lady is dropping off some equipment for the podcast.
1: Awesome. So so do you get the soundproofing panels?
0: I got more anyway. So anyway, so while the dogs are barking in the background and I have to interject here and say, I completely, totally agree with what you're saying, Jay. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that they went around and they said, would you like to be Joe Biden's running mate? And they said, no. (laughs) And they went to Kamala Harris and they asked her, would you like to be Joe Biden's running mate? And I would, I would bet that the crazy, oh my God, that's a lot of stuff. Wow. Oh my God. Do you need a forklift for that? Um, and I, I'm, t- I, I am telling you that she probably did the math and she realized I'm going to be the first woman president of the United States because there's yeah. no, there's no. I'm telling you right now, there is no way Joe Biden survives the first year in office. There's no well, I way. I
1: don't know. We kind of thought that about Trump.
0: No, I because I know I because I think that we're and, and listen. I have other podcasters that I listen to who back me up on this, Jay. All right. You look at the way that he's rapidly declining. Yeah. You because I now was it. When Joe Biden announced his presidency, were you and I doing this podcast together? And we actually listened to his announcement and we said yeah. if, Joe, if Joe Biden just won. He just won his election because uh, he was articulate and he hit all the right beats. Yeah, And it was if Joe Biden remained that person, he's going to win this election. And we've we've watched him, not slowly decline, we've watched him rapidly decline. Oh, yeah. There's no way that the Joe Biden that we saw last week with that interview where he said, come on, man, do you have to do a drug test to make sure you're not on crack before you get on the air? Come on, man. And and then, I mean, just
1: the the gaps from him just... it's painful to watch. It really is absolutely painful to watch because he's, he says things like that. Like he's included in what a, what a black American goes through. Right. Right. Like, come on, man, we're on the same team here is, is kind of the attitude. Right. And he's just anyone who's questioned Trump's mental facilities and said that he's he's probably got some psychoses or whatever. he has got some sort of mental deficiency, which we have, if you can't, which we have. Yep. If you look at Joe Biden and don't think the same thing, it's because you're biased. Oh, absolutely. And your evaluation of Trump's competency has more to do with your political affiliation than any honest evaluation of his abilities. He's gotten some things for me anyway. He's gotten some things right. I don't necessarily think he did it on purpose,
0: but oh, he's fine. gotten
1: some things that I agree with. He's, oh, yeah. He's he's hit it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, I don't necessarily think that he did it on purpose. I'm not sure how mentally competent I would evaluate him to be if it was something where, you know, I had to swear on a Bible in court. Right. About it. right. But Joe Biden is seriously not any better no i don't really is has he's he's just as questionable in his mental facilities and i just don't understand how anyone can look at either of these guys and say oh no he's fine because
0: he's because here's here's the thing and i i wish i could i could credit the author this is how delusional rabid Biden supporters are and for you to be a rabid Biden supporter means that you have to ignore the last 32 years of politics and his career and everything that he has said and done people who are enthusiastic about Joe Biden are delusional if you are going to vote for Joe Biden because you dislike Donald Trump so much And you'll vote for any Democrat because you have got to get him out of office. Like I had said earlier, I kind of respect that. There are two types of Joe Biden voters. There are the people who are so sick and tired of Donald Trump, they'll vote for absolutely anybody that the DNC puts in front of them. Because they believe Donald Trump is so bad and they know Joe Biden is so awful. But he's not nearly as awful as Donald Trump. And they're relying on the fact that Joe Biden is going to have a cabinet that's going to do all the right things the Democrats want them to do.
1: Which, if we're being honest, most people who voted for Trump that are politically active, that's what they did.
0: Right. Because because they hate Hillary Clinton, but they hate Donald Trump less. Now, but the rabid, the rabid Joe Biden supporters who think that he is God's gift... The planet earth and he's perfect and he's divine and there's nothing wrong with him and it's like and and if you mention any of these things these gaps well you're a russian bot or you only listen to fox news and and you're a trump troll those people those people i think are sick and demented somebody had wrote this as a response to nobody the response that to my post saying nobody has given me a legitimate reason to vote for joe biden Without mentioning Trump, this and and he's a friend of superfan Brian Mitchell. And when he wrote this and I realized this, this guy is he's from an if he actually believes this is true, this friend of Brian Mitchell, he either is from an alternate timeline or he's 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 got the the, um, the mental state of a child. Biden, oh boy. Biden hasn't racked up 20,000 lies. Biden has an excellent environmental plan and will store the EPA. Biden will put someone better than Betsy DeVos as an education czar. Actually, I have to give him that. I think that I think Joe I think that Joe Biden's handlers will find somebody better than Betsy DeVos, but I, I digress. Biden will not give tax breaks to the already wealthy. Joe Biden is the same guy who said to his big money campaign contributors, nothing will fundamentally change under the Biden administration. Biden has come out and he said that he will veto Medicare for all. Biden has basically said that he will obstruct any progressive bills that come across his desk from the Senate and the Congress. Biden will take Russian election interference seriously. Unless it benefits them, unless it benefits them, I don't, I don't believe that's true. I, yeah. I, I also don't believe that the reason why Donald Trump is president because of Russian interference. Donald Trump is president because a he was handpicked by the military-industrial cabal to do exactly what they want him to do, and people hated him less than Hillary Clinton. But I digress. Yeah.
1: I, I personally believe it has more to do with the latter than the former, but.
0: Number six, Biden will put professionals in power, not family members. I kind of have to give him that. But I I got got two words for you. Hunter Biden. Right. Just look at the entire controversy with Hunter Biden and Solyndra in the Ukraine.
1: Oh, is that the name of the company in the Ukraine? Because I thought Solyndra was the uh, solar power company.
0: You you know what? I think you're right. I think I misspoke. Whatever that's called. It's it's it's, whatever it's called
1: a fucking Russian company that. Oh, I'm sorry. Ukraine. Right they're Right. They're not Russia anymore.
0: This 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 made me laugh out loud. And I actually had to like I had I literally had to put my phone down and walk around the room and compose myself. when I when I when I read this number seven, Biden will communicate gracefully with the public.
1: Okay, uh, that's delusional. That's fucking funny as hell listen fat (laughs)
0: obviously obviously this friend of brian mitchell's has not followed the 2020 primary season which was so long ago i understand that if if you forgot about what happened during the 2000 democratic um party primary because it happened so long ago i understand i understand because we all have short
1: memories well it's not i mean it's been a hell of a year
0: it's been it's been one hell of a year
1: (laughs) you know i I feel kind of like you know what's his name um james brown uh james uh rick james rick james you know cocaine's a hell of a drug 2020's been a hell of a year i I was
0: (laughs) i was thinking this exact same thing what 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 does what does hunter biden and rick james have in common they both like to say cocaine is one hell of a drug (laughs) right biden will expect and allow the doj to do its job or its jobs independently what evidence do you have what evidence do you have that joe biden will actually allow the doj to do
1: none none there's there's literally zero none. evidence none that he would not i mean it's aside from the problems with the steel dossier and i'm putting that very mildly yeah aside from all of that what evidence exists that suggests that Joe Biden will not weaponize the DOJ just like his presidential companion did when he was vice president?
0: And, yeah with Lois Lerner, was it Lois Lerner who was in charge of the FBI and they tar- yeah, I think so. and they tar- yeah. and they targeted FBI or the IRS? And both of them, it,
1: it wasn't just one or the other. It was both of them were targeting conservative groups, any like a uh, fundraising group or like super PAC or think tank. Right. That was not progressive, not liberal, but progressive.
0: Like if you had Patriot or patriotism in your group name, I think it was lower. You were
1: getting audited every yeah. six months. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and this is, this is part of, you know, the whole, uh, what do they call it? Controversy free uh obama administration there was no controversies during the obama right
0: um biden works well with the other party well (laughs) rather than demonizing them
1: (laughs) since when
0: yeah exactly
1: in what fucking universe is
0: that and Brian Mitchell, I know you listen to the podcast on occasion. Your friend is a fucking idiot. Your friend yeah, just hold in on. So- yeah. He's not.
1: He's not necessarily an idiot. He's just fucking delusional. Really drinking a lot of Kool Aid.
0: No, I know. You know what, Jay? I think you and I can disagree on this. I think he's a fucking idiot for actually believing this shit.
1: Okay. I mean, yeah, we'll have to agree to disagree. But I don't know. I just there's so many people who just get so rabid in their beliefs that they they kind of lose sight of reality. And I honestly think that's where this guy is right now. He's willing to swallow any lie, no matter how big, in order to validate his own point of view. And his own point of view is entirely formulated and predicated on the idea that Trump is anti, is the antichrist nothing else nothing else in the world is more important than maintaining that particular worldview right. and me personally i'm kind of sick of that kind of dichotomy you know i see it i see it in people in my own family i see it in people i work with i see it in people that um you know that i i hang out with right. and it kind of makes me cringe a little bit on the inside Now, these are all good people,
0: right? right?
1: They're not evil. They don't want bad things for others or anything like that. They want to save the children. They want America to be better. Sometimes we disagree on what that means. Sure. What a, a better America looks like. Sometimes we disagree on the methodology of getting to that better America. These are all good people. But when I see the rabid, mindless, just batshit fucking crazy mental gymnastics that some people go through to justify their positions it does make me cringe yeah it just i just i don't i don't know it just it's not <sighs> i'm sorry i'm sorry that
0: i cannot buy into this guy's talking points there's like there's I, there's, I, there's,
1: there, there's n- nine that's, they are talking points It's all mindless talking points. It's not this is not his opinion. He's spouting talking points from a political party.
0: I mean, number one, Biden has not racked up 20,000 lies. Joe Biden had to drop out of the 1988 primary because he was caught plagiarizing other people's speeches.
1: Yeah, but that's not a
0: lie, Eric. I don't, he, oh, we, oh, oh, wait a minute, Jay. You interrupted me before I got to the big one. He lied about his, his academic career. He lied about how many degrees he earned in college. He lied about the scholarships and he lied.
1: That's only five, dude. Come on. Can't you count?
0: And he, (laughs) and he lied about being the top of his class when he was in the bottom of his class. He came in 57 of a class of sixty-eight. He lied about his political career back in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. And I'm sure that between nineteen eighty-eight and 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 two thousand twenty, there have been at least twenty thousand lies. I'm sure that there are at <sighs> least twenty thousand. He lied about what occurred between him and Tara Reed. He, he, yeah. he you know, he lied about his son's role in this Ukraine um, uh, natural gas company. Yeah. Y- if you wanted to, well, we could do an entire show, an hour-long show about how great and wonderful Jay Severin was and what Jay Severin meant to listeners like us. You could do an hour-long show analyzing all of Joe Biden's lies, you would have enough material to do this hour long show for maybe a couple of weeks, three or four at the most. Joe Biden has been caught in so many lies that the Baltimore newspaper of record, I think it's the Baltimore sun mm-hmm. actually did an article defending Joe Biden. Or it, maybe it was satire joe is just being joe that's what joe does it's not those aren't lies that's hyperbole
1: you know what that sounds a lot like and this may bring back recollections of a particularly controversial tv commercial boys are just being boys
0: yeah joe i mean you look at this you you, go just going through all of these again there's i mean i have he will joe biden will or whoever is running the show because I don't think Joe Biden is ever going to be president of the United States beyond being a mere figurehead. And I don't even think he's going to last the first year in office because of his yeah. declining mental state.
1: Right. Um and on and we're not celebrating. Oh that, hell no. By That's sad.
0: It's sad as hell. It
1: is. It's very sad.
0: I can only look at two of these things and I can actually say you know what this this friend of Brian Mitchell has a point. I I honestly think that Joe Biden will probably put family members in the back seat and not put them in cabinet positions. It, it, um with maybe the exception of maybe I don't know, he might give like a no no show no work job to Hunter. I don't I don't know. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I, see this uh, politics. Yeah. So the whole we didn't even talk about Kamala Harris yet.
1: I, well, I mean, the top slot on the candidate, that particular candidacy has enough issues with it. And in just kind of segueing a little bit here, right? I increasingly am filled with the impression that this is probably the one presidential run in my lifetime where the um, uh, the the can the VP candidate is actually more important than the top slot candidate. Oh yeah, and I mean we've people have said that before. Another in, in other elections, you know they were they were joking about it with Ronald Reagan, and Ronald right. Reagan himself was joking about it. But in this, I honestly think for a lot of people, when they're st- going into that booth or when they're filling in that horrible, completely corruptible mail mail mail-in thing, right. That they're honestly thinking to themselves, not so much about Joe Biden and Donald Trump. They're thinking more about Mike Pence and Kamala Harris. Yeah. I honestly think that. And if they're not, they should be now to be fair, that should be at least a, a peripheral thought in every election. Right. But I think in this one, It's, it means a little bit more than it does in the other ones. Right. In my lifetime anyway. Yeah. Just, and that's in and of itself a bit of a scary thing. Our electoral process is broken and I don't mean the electoral college. I fully support the electoral college. I think it's valid. It does what it's supposed to do, which is to say it, some people's like, well, Someone who lives in, you know, Timbuktu of frickin Montana, their vote means more than mine does. Yeah. But you chose to live in a heavily, densely populated area. Yeah. And, you know, those decisions have consequences. But the way these people who want to do away the Electoral College, if they get their way, theirs will be the only vote that counts. And whether they want to admit it or not to themselves in their heart of hearts, I know that that's exactly what they want. They don't want those podunk people who live in those fucking backwater places. They don't want their votes to count. They'll never actually say it out loud unless they're in what they consider to be a safe space where everyone else thinks like them. But that is the truth of it. That's what they're not saying. But we all know that that's what they mean when they say those things. And they can deny it all they want. I don't care. You know, some of the most important delusions are the ones we hold of ourselves. So by all means, knock yourself out and tell yourself that it has that has nothing to do with it. But then you look at Donald Trump sitting in the White House. And then I think of the comments that I've heard from people about why about the people that voted for Donald Trump. And I think to myself, yeah, that's exactly why you want to get rid of the Electoral College.
0: Right. Because you, you cannot, know, you simply cannot stand the idea that people in rural communities actually have
1: a voice. On the federal level. Right. And the when you argue with them that, hey, what's good for you in downtown L.A. is not necessarily what's good for a farmer who lives in, you know, the remotest part of Wyoming. They just kind of shrug their shoulders because they don't care. No is the truth of it they don't care and this is supposed to be the you know these people like to consider themselves to be the tolerant ones and it's just such farce it's all just pantomime it doesn't really mean anything they're not really tolerant and they know it they know they're not really tolerant they just they're tolerant enough to make themselves feel better and that's all that really counts to them it's all that really matters i feel good about myself well congratulations bully for you. Yeah. I want more people in the country to feel good about themselves, you know, and the concept of the concept of people in different areas having different values in a country as geograph- geographically vast as the United States. It's like if Russia actually had elections. Right. You know, they are probably more geographically diverse than the United States is. But they're like one of the few, very few countries in this world that can say that. We are just much larger. I mean, <laughs> my daughter and I were talking about this. She was bitching about people that, are on, that she runs into online. And some of the worst people to talk to online about any politics is actually people from England. Really? Oh yeah. Really? Absolutely.
0: Really? I did yeah. not really Jay. I did not know that. I did not know that people from England or one person from England in particular. <laughs> I did not right? I didn't I did not know. I am shocked to hear the sho-
1: Link going on here. Shocked. I am
0: I am I'm I'm absolutely totally shocked that a woman from England who has a personal life that is A absolute total wreck, but actually has the nerve to tell other people how to live their lives and what's wrong with their personal lives. um, Nobody in particular, though, nobody's I'm not talking about anybody specifically. No, (laughs)
1: No. we're certainly not going to talk about any expats from the United States who are selling what their vagina smells like on a candle. I mean, that would just be just over the top.
0: I'm not even talking about Gwyneth Paltrow.
1: Yeah, (laughs) no, I know.
0: I'm but a, yeah just
1: the list is so long.
0: Yeah, by the way, did you, get, you know what I mean? by the way did, but it, did, did 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 you get that special gift that I sent you? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But the thing is that people forget $50 is candle, that $50 candle.
1: The entirety of England will fit in the state of Utah.
0: Oh, sure. Oh, sure. But I mean, I think but are are we are we sort of like diluting What it is that, we, you know, did we get off track here? And are we missing the point about how Kamala Harris Harris proves, first of all, the whole thing is rigged. Kamala Harris does not bring anything to the table. It's not going to be a major. She doesn't bring a state that they aren't already going to win anyway. Right. And the thing is, is that her... Domestic policy, her law and order policy is inherently, it's a nightmare. nightmare. And, and and Trump and Pence are going to eat her record up and regurgitate it all over the internet, all over commercials. There's absolutely no way that they're not going to use Kamala Harris's own words against her and talking about how she is tyrannical when it comes to law and order it's and and here's the thing and th- and uh, looking at the time, i'm I actually have to I actually have another phys- oh, shit,
1: so do I. I'm late for work.
0: I also have another physical therapy appointment this afternoon. I'm looking at uh, um Biden and Harris, and I actually think I actually think that they're throwing the election. I think that they want to lose. I actually think that they want i I, I think Tom Perez and everybody else in the DNC, they want to lose because nobody makes more money for the DNC via campaign contributions more than Donald Trump and, and demonizing Donald Trump because they have a boogeyman that they can point yeah. to and say, he's a bad dude. He's an evil dude. You need to contribute. And if, and if Donald Trump wins for the next four years, that means that all the other down ballot candidates are going to get a big, huge boost in revenue because they have to continue the fight against Donald Trump.
1: So you think this is more of a strategic thing? We're like, no, 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 let's give let's give Trump eight years. Because, again, you and I have talked about this before. You and I have this. Well, I at least have this theory that it's more important for the political machinery to get to want people to get used to the idea of having a president for eight years than who that president is. They honestly don't give a shit who the president is so long as they're in for eight years. You gotta get the public used to that. That way they can actually do more quote unquote good during that time. Right, first of all,
0: at least here in New England, I mean, especially New England, especially New Hampshire, especially in Massachusetts, not so much Vermont, Maine. There are rabid Donald Trump supporters who fly the Donald Trump flag, literally the blue and white and red Trump flag. And they fly it proudly, knowing full well that it causes issues and problems. You have people who are fanatical Trump supporters for a whole host of reasons You know, the way that he sticks it, the way he's bringing manufacturing jobs back from China, all of that. You do not have the same fanaticism for Joe Biden. You simply don't. The number of fanatical voters for Donald Trump far outnumber the fanatical voters for Biden. Biden voters are voting not for Biden, but against Trump.
1: And I think that let's be honest, that's not much of a motivation. That's
0: not much of a motivation, okay? Um, Yeah. If there was an absolute horrible, horrible snowstorm on election day here in New England, Trump voters are going to get into their 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 four by fours, their 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 big rig trucks, they're gonna get into their 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 pickup trucks and they are going to go and strap they're,
1: on their snowshoes.
0: They are going and they are going to move mountains of snow to vote for Donald Trump come election day. The the, the Joe Biden supporters are going to be like sipping their fair trade coffee out of
1: organic out of,
0: coffee there or there's fair trade organic coffee looking out the window looking at the horrible snow and they're going to be looking at their priuses and they're going to think about all the shoveling that they're going to have to do and they're going to have to think about you know braving the storm and they're just going to slip their coffee and says "I oh, know, i'm sure joe biden's going to win i'm just going to stay home yeah hey, if if the weather is horrible I th- I seem to think that more people are going to say I think that and I think that the the Joe Biden voters are so complacent, and they know that Joe Biden is going to win because Trump is so bad. They may not even show up to vote.
1: Well, you know that's how they got proven right in the last one when Hillary won because they knew she was going to win.
0: Right. So why bother? Why bother? Right. Yeah. Why bother? And you also have all the all the you have the all the
1: Tulsi supporters, all yep.
0: the. Um, Andrew Yang supporters,
1: all the Bernie supporters. What's going to be interesting to me is seeing if there's are how many people do a write-in campaign for Tulsi Gabbard.
0: Or, or um, Bernie Sanders.
1: Or Bernie Sanders. I mean, all... That is going to be interest interesting thing to see.
0: The people that I know who are diehard Democrats have all... Most of them have told me they're going to either write in Tulsi Gabbard or Bernie Sanders, and they're not going to vote for Joe Biden because of yeah. what's occurred during the past during the past year. They're just, they're, yeah. just, they're just not going to do it. So, anyway,
1: and honestly, I can't say as I blame them. So
0: I don't think Kamala Harris helps Joe Biden at all. I think that all no. I think that Kamala Harris is in it only because she knows that if Joe Biden wins. She'll, there's a good
1: chance she's actually going to get. She's actually going to become president. She's going to
0: when, um, when when Joe Biden dies of a heart attack or stroke after being in office only a couple of months, she will she will be the first woman president,
1: right? And she will take that with a heavy heart, of course, and with tears in her eyes. Yeah, she will ascend the steps.
0: And meanwhile, how come there's a there's a faint smell of karma? Kamala Harris's perfume on the pillow next to Joe Biden.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, Joe, he gets handsy, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wait
0: a minute, Joe Biden died in his sleep? Mm. Oh, yeah. Died in his sleep? And there's the pillow with the imprint of Joe Biden's face on one side and the smell of Kamala Harris's perfume on the other. You don't think...
1: No, I don't. I'm ai I'm a conservative. It's been proven online that I don't think.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't... I There's something about Kamala Harris that makes me... There's something wicked about her.
1: I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't know. I don't know. There's I don't just... know. I mean, it, it's... <sighs> jay i've date point yeah
0: jay i've dated enough crazy women to know that that's that that's the way you smell she- the crazy, huh? I, smell crazy. I smell you crazy i smell crazy i smell crazy yeah I, I, and by the way up. we we, we, didn't, we didn't even talk about some of the other issues that i wanted to bring up maybe we should do a a, a follow-up because we have this crazy cult who is setting up camp in the town next door and they have the entire region up in arms. And it's actually it's 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 made local news. I don't know if it's made national news yet.
1: A crazy cult, a
0: seriously? Cl- a crazy cult. I'll send you the link to that. We should actually if we can record later this weekend, I'm actually trying to get some of the people who are involved in this and trying to get this crazy cult to move on on an episode of the Monadnock report and talk about this.
1: and And oh, see geez. what we can
0: do about this.
1: It's, you know, I I really like New Hampshire. You guys have all the crazy that leaves Massachusetts.
0: Oh, we do. We have more than our fair share of crazy. I mean, there's this there's this guy who lives out in the middle of the woods in southern New Hampshire who does who does this News of the Week podcast and occasionally has authors in the paranormal and stuff like that crazy wackadoodle guy
1: that's that's what i mean that's what i mean you guys take all of the crazy away from massachusetts which let's be honest they kind of need exactly yeah yeah they kind of need they kind of need that new hampshire is right ra- it's a right neighborly thing to do
0: new hampshire is taking on the mantle of crazy from from massachusetts
1: someone right. had to all right it couldn't last that forever <laughs> no
0: all right jay i'm gonna let you go and have a great day and it's good to get back in the saddle
1: absolutely all right all right.
0: Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com store slash Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush, and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. all other music on the show, is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020, all rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Render king Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on.